0: All right, Chema. So let's get into our final fixes here, our big fixes. I am really eager to get into both of these, but I'm really, after having seen yours, like your your little tease for yours, I am, like, really curious. Really, really curious okay. what you have here. So why don't you go ahead and read it off for us, and then we'll dive right into it.
1: Okay, man. So this whole thing started a couple days ago. I'm scrolling through Instagram and GVR just released this awesome Indians athletic hoodie, you know, like a lightweight hooded sweatshirt. This thing's awesome. It's hands down like one of the it's in the top five of items that they have come mm. out with, in my opinion. It's it's banging on. And like the last probably like three or four months, they have been dropping outright bangers in terms of like Cleveland clothing and stuff. There's some really cool shit that they've come out with. I got this awesome brown shirt from them. Big fan of GVR. Now, as I'm checking out the Indians hooded sweatshirts, um, I, I just kind of scroll on Instagram and um, a couple like posts later, GVR is an, is an advertisement for like, hey, you know, baseball season, we got the hoodie. You could check out some of these other designs we did. And um, they're particularly focusing on this shirt that they made for Kenny Lofton. And the shirt's awesome. OK, it's a cool shirt. Like they, they do a really good job with their stuff. However, as I'm looking at the image, it's Kenny Lofton going up, like, you know, going above the fence, reaching for a fly ball, and he's just wearing a blue shirt, okay? Hmm. There's no Indian stuff on it, no none of that. And then, like, I start remembering that this is what GVR does. They have a lot of freaking cool shirts, but there's just something that's a little bit off about them because they can't deal in officially licensed merchandise. And, like, you'll see... Really cool Ohio State shirts. You know, you'll have like, a, it'll be like a Denzel Ward shirt and it's just like an awesome kind of drawing of him. But the helmet's all gray. You know, you'll see a, a, a Bernie shirt or something like that. And Bernie's helmet's just orange and stuff. You know, there's no, I mean, you have visually enough to put the two of them together. if, if you weren't able to tell by Cleveland football being on mm-hmm. the shirt. But if there's just these little things that just kind of drive me nuts. And I'm like, why is this happening? You know, Homage, like, Homage does deal with offici- officially licensed stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, the difference between, like, GVR and Homage. Now, obviously, like, the, at its core, GVR is a much smaller company. But I'm like, what is going on here at Homage that is not going on at GVR? And I know there's just little things like a stripe on a helmet or seeing Indians across Kenny Lofton's shirt. But these little things just like really, it would almost be like a much better shirt if they were able to deal with officially licensed merchandise. So I start doing some research, and I found that the NFL doesn't officially license their logos and um, like you know their basically like their you know images to small businesses. Mm-hmm. And this got some, this has me thinking, dude, like. I kind of think that this is a little bit of a problem here. And this starts off because a lot of these smaller businesses have way, way better designs than what the NFL and what their companies come out with and stuff like, dude, you should see some of these like um, Nike UFC or USC shit that comes out. It's like so bland. It's just like Trojans across a T-shirt that's $35 and stuff, but it has Nike on it and and it's bland. You know, there there's a lot more cooler mm-hmm. designed USC stuff by, you know, like the 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 campus bookstore across the street or whatever. Right. We have just cooler looking USC stuff. And like this is this is kind of like a thing that is like it's a, like a little bit of like a universal thing in sports. Like some of the the NBA I think is a little bit more Lenient because the homage did get a deal with the NBA. You could buy those NBA jam t-shirts, um, in the cab store, you could buy them online. Like they're, they're all over the place. So I just like, I just basically needed to know as much as possible about this because I was kind of pissed off that, you know, that small businesses can't get them. And like, as much as I love Nike products and stuff, and I've said this before, if Nike made food, I would definitely buy it. But it's just, if I want to like buy team merchandise, Sometimes they don't necessarily put out like what I feel is the the best possible designs. Mm-hmm. So, doing some research and everything, and like I found the criteria that the NFL has in order for you to get an officially licensed product. So I'm going to read off these um these things here. Okay, you have to have um, a proof of business experience totaling three years. So you have to be in business for three years. You have to have a proof of a of manufacturer of a product. Like you you know if you're getting ready to. Make a product, you have to be able to prove that you can manufacture the product and everything so they're not just handing out licenses to people who can't actually make the products. Then you have a prepaid royalty guarantee of $100,000. So you're paying them hundred grand right up front, okay? Then there's a commercial insurance policy that you have to have – um, that includes liability coverage that totals $12 million. Okay. So it's like a 6 million insurance policy and then like a liability coverage that would put you at a minimum total of $12 million. Then you have to have like some pretty standard stuff, which is like your application. You have to provide annual reports, like business statistics, references, stuff like that. And then you also have to demonstrate that the product is a high quality. So you're not just going into the NFL and pitching a T-shirt that is on the world's shittiest made material and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the product that you would be pitching, like if it's a shirt, has to be the material that you are going to print the shirt on. You know, it's a Fruit of the Loom shirt you give them. It has to be a Fruit of the Loom shirt that you sell. So, okay, so I'm going over this stuff here and I got to tell you, like some of this shit, it's actually not too bad. okay. but where I have some problems is this hundred thousand dollar royalty and this insurance policy and also the fact that they don't do this for small businesses, because I got to tell you, there's a lot of small businesses out there that don't just have a hundred thousand dollars to fork over the NFL as a initial investment. This gets me in the door kind of thing, you know. So what I've decided to do is I've created a model that makes it so smaller businesses can get in access to NFL licensing and everything. And the first thing, like I said, they can have all the annual reports, all the application stuff, all the paperwork that could stay the same. You have to prove that you're a manufacturer like it's trying to kind of separate some of the businesses here So if the NFL does issue a license, it's to an actual business. It's not the dudes like selling T-shirts on the streets. Mm -hmm. And there's some of that. There's some things with that that I'm going to get into a a little bit later in my section of the discussion here. So what I'm going to do is we're going to break up businesses into like different tiers. And to start off with, we'll have three tiers. Your bottom tier is the dude who's selling T-shirts on the street your middle tier is your GV arts to homage. And then your highest tier is like your Nikes, your Reeboks, like, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are already doing this stuff. Right. Okay. So like the people who are paying that hundred thousand dollar royalty every year and all the insurance, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. So the, basically the bottom tier is completely, it's not eligible. Okay. Like I'm sorry, people selling shirts on the streets, but giving out licenses to, to you got to at least, you know, demonstrate that you're doing business for three years in a store and stuff like that. Like, I just feel that there's a little bit of a minimum criteria here. OK, and I'm going to tell you the reason that um, I exclude the people on the streets. And this is doing the NFL a favor, is that the people who do sell the T-shirts on the streets are the people that are going to be more likely to have "Fuck Pittsburgh, the Schittsburg Squealer, the giant middle fingers on the shirts.
0: Calvin the and Hobbs not win. on a steward's yeah, the helmet. Thank yeah,
1: exactly. Cal- calvin Peter, pissing yeah. on every football team in the NFL that's not playing your double Double stuff. licensing
0: yeah. right there. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you know, th- the NFL is not going to want their logo on those kinds of shirts. And you know something? I get it, okay? Like, believe me, I completely get it. So that is something that since I understand that, and since this would be something that I would have to pitch to people, I have to give the NFL – some power here and that and and unfortunately the guy selling t-shirts on the corner um if you open up a brick and mortar and are in business for three years yeah no problem you could apply for a license no problem but we kind of have to thin the herd out here a little bit and um unfortunately like that is kind of the people that i think you know they kind of have to like do a little bit more to get one of these licenses and stuff and believe me i know it's a hard job i've seen these dudes out there selling t-shirts and it's freezing cold it sucks but unfortunately for this model like um and to protect the to to protect the overall like quality of the product those guys kind of have to you know get a brick and mortar and do a little bit more okay so this brings us to the middle tier The middle tier, this is like only in Cleveland's GVR, it's homage, like insert whatever Mm t-shirt store has just opened up down the street from you in Ohio. That's it. So these guys, we're going to do away with the $100,000 royalty for businesses of this size. And instead, it is going to be converted into a $5,000 application fee. And in this application fee, you do all the stuff, you, you know, fill out your name, you give out your annual reports, you provide references, you do all that stuff, and you also submit templates for the designs that you want to make, okay? So it's like you basically give the NFL a binder of all the paperwork and, you know, like however many designs that you have, mm-hmm. you submit it to the NFL, and basically from there, I'm giving the NFL a little bit of power here again, where they can approve which designs you... You get okay, so um, the fact that they are a little bit in the driver's seat, I think, would entice what's just something to entice the NFL to do this. And they, and if you get your application rejected, they don't keep the five, they maybe they give you 4,900 back, okay? They take a hundred bucks out for their time. And if your application, the NFL definitely needs
0: that hundred dollars, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know, oh, yeah, that's right, to make it to another toilet paper roll. uh,
1: <laughs> put 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 that uh, Thanksgiving dinner on the table and everything for sure. So the um, okay. So your so if you if your application is denied, you get forty nine hundred dollars back. And if your application is accepted, that is basically your initial. Um, fee that you make to obtain a license from from the NFL, mm-hmm. then we could actually apply this to all the um, the different leagues.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, maybe the dollar amounts might be different, but the same system would be applicable to all the leagues. So you get the $5,000, you get your licensing, you get your approved designs, and then you have to pay a 2% kickback to the NFL at the end of the year when your license expires. So if you're a small business, what this basically says is that if you're Art, and I think GVR is totally capable of doing this, where you're putting in an initial $5,000 investment to get something that you can sell. And people like GVR will crank out $5,000 easily worth of sales of officially licensed merchandise. No problem. Okay, they're going to make that money. And then what happens is, is that um once they you know once you hit your five that would be the other thing too is like once you hit your application that's where the two percent kicks in you have the ability to make your money back and then anything you make back after your five thousand dollars two percent of it goes back to the nfl so the nfl is getting money in the beginning and they're getting money in the end and if the company decides to renew the application or renew your license at the end of the year when it does expire they have the ability to do that too Okay, so that is the the application fee, dollars, all that stuff. The insurance thing, twelve million dollars on insurance is a lot of fucking money to carry around. Okay. So now granted, you are not going in and cutting a check for twelve million dollars to the insurance company. You're working out a policy with different payments and all that kind of stuff. So the current policy that is set will be in place for the Nikes and the Reeboks of the world. And basically nothing changes for those guys. But we're going to do a little bit smaller of an insurance kind of policy for small businesses to have. And instead of it being as high as $12 million, your insurance policy is going to be somewhere in the area of about a half a million dollars. And you have to figure out how to get it and do installments and all that stuff. So I will reduce the insurance coverage to better accommodate the small business and everything, which I think if you are a small business um, that is of the size of GVR or of the size of homage, a five thousand dollar plus whatever you're paying monthly for the year, because it would just once again be for a year. The insurance goes as long as your license is um, is is valid. Like some kind of payment on this, I think could be negotiated and stuff like that to a rate that is more reasonable for the small business. So I, I'm not too confident and too knowledgeable about what those rates would be. But whatever your monthly payment is on a $500,000 insurance policy is going to be infinitely less than a monthly payment on a um, on a uh, $12 million insurance policy. And what that does is it gives the small business some protection, and it does give small businesses to meet the criteria that the NFL has set for um, for obtaining licenses. Now, with all that being said, now I've given – the NFL, a good amount of power here that they do have to have. Like the NFL has to have some kind of authority and some kind of way to make sure that their agreement is enforced. So as a small business, what you're getting, you're getting the license, you're getting the ability to put it on. Like, I guess what would be pre-approved products too. like, there's not going to be a Brown's helmet on a dildo or anything like that. Um, not officially licensed anyway, (laughs) but, um, you could put your product, you could put the thing, you could sell it, you could do all that stuff. As a small business, you're taking the responsibility of the, the financial investment. And then you as a small business also have to um, you know, pay the kickback. So that's up to you to keep the numbers and everything. And what it does is it also um, – this whole thing keeps the small business in line. Mm-hmm. And what is going to be a big thing with this is um, going back to the Shipsburg squealer and the middle fingers and all that – is with these pre-approved, pre-approved designs, is that if the small business does violate the agreements, this is where they can become subject to a um, legal prosecution. They could be held accountable for violating the agreements and everything. And that is a contra- that is a clause that I'm going to make sure that is that is there. And it's going to require a little bit of monitoring from the from the NFL. Like, I mean, they're going to have to monitor Instagrams and all this stuff because the only way people are going to sell shirts is by putting it online. And and that they're just I feel that that's something that if businesses violate the agreement, I think that's something that the NFL will be able to find out and be able to take legal action from there. So being that. This is another one of these things that it does suffer from the whole, well, hey, they've just been doing it the same way forever kind of thing. But what this does is it does open the door for the NFL to collect more money and also have a lot, basically have a lot of say in this whole thing, too. So what I'm pitching to the NFL here is I'm giving you a brand new cottage industry that you could have that you're only going to make money off of, you're not going to be losing money here at all. You're just freaking paying it out and collecting money and doing everything that you need to do. And it also gives small businesses the ability to put officially licensed stuff on much better designed merchandise than what Nike and Reebok come out with. So this is something that I feel that um, a lot of small businesses, if they are able to do it, this is something that they would get behind. And I know that if uh, Amish wasn't already doing it, they would be getting on this bandwagon. And if GVR in a couple of years, when they start to grow and maybe get more distribution, I mean, they did a deal with the National Predators. Um, You know, these are things that could give GVR the opportunity to grow and be like, hey, oh, my God, they do this design. Maybe Nike wants to purchase it. Next thing you know, like Nike buys one of GVR's designs are being printed on Nike shirts or whatever. And GVR's made money in a couple different ways. So something like this really does open up a lot of money making potential for small businesses. And it also does allow the opportunity to get to have the NFL get their piece of the pie. And in the end, if it's all just about money and stuff, why the hell not take it?
0: I really love this idea for small businesses. I just don't know why the NFL would bother with it. And I, I See, say that the because thing. they sell, like, a million Patrick Mahomes jerseys in a year, and Art has probably never sold a million T-shirts ever in their existence. Yeah, I know. So, like, the the and money that's... coming, the 2% coming back to them is almost, I mean, it's almost nothing.
1: Right. And that's the thing that gets me. It's just another one of these, like, it's just something, it's it's such a behemoth of an industry that, like, it's weird. It's like they really almost don't, they, they don't need any more new money, that's for fucking sure. No, no they don't. But, but, they've, but they've also, like, set it up to where they, like, can't find ulterior ways of making money either. Or maybe there are, and there are just, there are more profitable ventures that I have not hit on. But, like, I, like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I see the NBA and MLB eventually, like, going this route. And we talked a little, like, a while ago, like, a couple of years ago about, like, well, what what happens if they just, like, the Indians stop selling Chief Wahoo, but they just make it a public thing that everybody can use and that GVR or Homage can choose to continue to print Chief Wahoo, mm-hmm. like, right. as they please and stuff. And, like, there's just, it's just a way to, you know, to, to just g- generate some more freaking money to have cooler merchandise and stuff. And like, it's something for, like for me as like, as a fan of sports teams and kind of maybe wanting to look a tad bit fashionable, it's a way for me to like, not spend what I think is like two, the jerseys are like, like 200 bucks now or something. Like, I mean, they're, like, it depends on, jerseys kind are,
0: of, depends on what kind of jersey you're buying, but yeah, like they, they basically start at like 69 and like you can go up to like 200 bucks with them.
1: Yeah, like the 200s like the, the stitched in numbers and stuff probably comes They're with basically that awesome... almost
0: real jerseys, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like I I just think that this would be a way to like you know get the NFL like on more things, get it in more stores and just make freaking GVR's designs way cooler than they already are. It's like so fucking lame when you're looking at the shirt of Kenny Lawton and it's just a guy in a blue shirt. It's like you've seen this image a thousand times. It's ingrained in your mind. Like, can we just have Indians across the fucking chest of the shirt for crying out loud? Like, just little things that I want here, you know?
0: I think what would be be the better solution as opposed to trying for like the full NFL license, I'm sure that the teams have certain flexibility with their own um, with their own licensing for stuff that if a, if a team doesn't want necessarily want Nike making something that like they could have champion make something of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, cer- I'm certain there's like flexibility team to team, um, that like Art would be better off partnering with the Browns for like limited run shirts, as opposed to trying to convince the NFL to give them their full license. Cause that'll just never happen. But like I maybe gotcha. the Browns I... would be more interested in that.
1: Yeah, like you know, that's one thing where I, I would have thought we would have seen that by now. For some reason, like with the, with the Browns, the Indians, and the Cavs. Like I mean, the GVR did that two one six shirt and everything like that. That's like the the famous image of LeBron wearing the, yeah. the shirts and everything. But I, I don't believe that that's like, hey, we're gonna partner up with the Cavs. I think that's just a shirt that he wore that got caught on. So right, like I I don't and this wouldn't be something that I devoted so much time to if there weren't so many freaking t-shirt companies and all that stuff opening up in like, in, in I know, cities like Cleveland and ridiculous. throughout the Midwest and stuff. They got like, we, you know, we were talking about the microbrewery thing and stuff, which like there's a fuck ton of those in Ohio. Dude, Dayton has Dayton versions of the CLE store and stuff. Oh, like yeah, you sure. walk in there, I mean, that's Dayton, Ohio selling t-shirts with a majority of stuff about Dayton, Ohio on them. And it's a business that's been open for years, you know? So like this whole thing, it's like, I mean, I bought a lot of these shirts. I I love, I mean, I I have Ahmed shirts, I have GVR shirts. I have a only in Cleveland shirt. I mean, I I have at least like one thing from each one of Mm -hmm. these, uh, one of these stores and it's, and it's taken off dude. And like some, and it's weird because like for as, as many of these as there are, every single one of them offers at least one fucking knockout product. Oh yes. Like every, every one of them has got some that that's a killer. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I guess I just, I'm in, I'm into the idea of giving these like creative artists and these creative minds who design these shirts a little bit more freedom with some of like some of the imagery and stuff, dude. Like there's just, there's something about when you're looking at the GVR shirt and it's for Denzel Ward and it's just the all gray Ohio state helmet. it, It just, it's a I'm very, it's a sweet drawing, but there's something that's missing.
0: Yeah. Oh no, you're 100 percent right. But you're like, and here's a better question: Why the fuck isn't the NFL, the NCAA, MLB, why aren't they hiring interesting artists to make interesting things? That,
1: that isn't even yes.
0: That is a whole other side of this whole coin. And like, you, okay, dude, like you they know could, how... they could cut out this they could cut out the middleman and just make their own cool shit yeah exactly and like you know how
1: um okay i the timing wise i might be off about this but like i think sometime in like july or august like um the nfl teams put on instagram like they're kind of like 2021 22 season line of different like Mm -hmm. merchandise that they have it is all bland and boring as hell and it's like twice as much as like going in and buying a shirt at gv art and stuff And I like I see this all the time, like the USC stuff comes into my Facebook feed for like shit to buy and everything like that. And I'm like, it's just none of this whole thing like looks appealing. And then like, so I like I look at the shirt and I'm like, okay, it's a shirt that says USC. So if I ever wanted to go to a game, I guess I could just like get this shirt and go stand in the crowd with everybody else, you know. But then I look down at the price of the shirt. And I'm like, yeah, it is no joke, $35 yep. plus shipping and handling for a red shirt that just says USC on it, and that's it, you know? And, like, I mean, granted, yeah, like, it's awesome that it's Nike and stuff, but this is these points in time where I think, like, you as a brand, you're you're a, a little bit, you're, you're coming, like, into some territory here where it's, like, it's not shoes, dude. It's a fucking t-shirt and stuff. It shouldn't be 40 bucks for a shirt.
0: I, and I, no, it never, no. Like, I remember... One of the last times I was in BG we stopped at um, at one of the off-campus bookstores and um, they had this like really awesome like trucker style hat that was like45 dollars and I'm like I don't I don't like this hat that much it's not45 dollars right. nice it's a fucking hat um I think I think with like like when you talk about like the the general like t-shirt design stuff I'm guess I'm just you can blame Nike like it's their artists and I and I think their their argument would be, well, I have to, we have to sell 300,000 of these. It's not like a limited run shirt with like someone. And there's probably, I guess what I would also guess collegiately, there's like name Im- image likeness stuff that they probably don't want to yeah. be sued for later on. Um, Cause Clip, right. that like looks like it's going to be happening uh, sooner rather than later. But like if you're, if you're working with Nike, like you want to make Brown stuff that a lot of people want to buy, not 200 people want to buy
1: Right. That so you probably want to make the most generic and blandest right. thing that is you know just basically like hey this is a brown's st- it almost should just say this is a brown's t-shirt on right on, or right because
0: I mean like you can you know whatever the you know, like think about like whatever the coach is wearing on the sideline like the you know like a brown polo with like a Nike swoosh and like maybe it's got like the stripes on the side or something like that you can sell one hundred and fifty thousand of those uh, to people who want to look like hey well you know Kevin Stefanski's wearing it like. Whereas, like, if it's like some like junkyard dog kind of thing, certainly they're going to sell, but they're not going to sell one hundred fifty thousand of them.
1: Yeah, th- that's right. And even even I, as much as I love GVR, some of their junkyard dog designs, it's it's not like I know that it's a Browns thing, but there are times where it's just like, well, where am I going to wear this? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's like, am I going to be? is this the image that I want people to like see me in a bar where it's like, yeah, there's this big aggressive junkyard dog on a shirt. You know, it's why I don't buy misfits t-shirts and stuff like that. It's like, where am I supposed to wear this shit?
0: Right. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's just, it's such a fucking tricky thing because like, like I can, you know, like jerseys are one thing, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you throw, you buy a Browns jersey or whatever, or your favorite team's jersey that like, that makes sense anywhere. Like it's just, you're a Browns fan. So you're wearing your Browns jersey. But, like, some of right. the stuff, it's like, some of the stuff is so so niche, it's just sort of like, eh, I don't know if I'm going right. to wear this out and about today. Like, it just yeah. doesn't feel like this is something I'm going to wear today.
1: Yeah, dude, it's weird that I even have to, like, think about, like, what kind of sports shirt I'm going to <laughs> to wear out and about and stuff, but it's true. It's like, you know, I, I had shirts with the middle finger and Hobbs pissing on the state of Michigan and stuff, and, like... I can't really wear that. Yet. No. Am I going to wear that? So am I going to be that guy in the bar no. with the middle finger shirt on Not my 20s no. anymore. But, like, don't but don't if you're just wearing people an Ohio State
0: sweatshirt, there you go. Makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's a little bit more appropriate and stuff. I guess it's just like maybe like my taste and everything like that with age and stuff. But, like, dude, I, could, I used to have a shirt, big middle finger, said, fuck Pittsburgh on it. It was awesome. It was orange, too. And I'm just like, yeah, man, I can't do that anymore.
0: I but but the thing is I think that you're in a I think in a, in a way that you're very right that we're gonna see maybe like limited run licensing stuff just locally local teams partnering up I mean wouldn't especially like the way that where where the Cavs are right now wouldn't it just fucking make sense to say hey GV, GVR or 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 Cleveland Clothing or whomever they're making uh, they're making like a limited run Colin Sexton shirt or better yet they're making a limited run Sexland shirt that you mm-hmm. could all buy. Um, right. But, like, it, I think that is 1,000% more likely than any than any of those companies. Basically, like, all the t-shirt companies in Ohio would probably have to band together in, in like, some sort of shared licensing agreement <laughs> with the NFL because that's the only way they'd be big enough for the NFL to take them seriously.
1: Yeah, that's true. I could just see it now. The Ohio T-Shirt Company Alliance, the OTCA. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean like, It just Yeah I, I think I think for the NFL As like As like the, the monolith That they are Why even bother But maybe for Maybe for the Browns Individually to partner With one or two Even like two companies mm-hmm. Would make sense In Cleveland Oh yeah
1: Dude I personally think That GVR should design The Cavs next city edition jersey Because they need All the help They can
0: fucking get On that in, they don't, in that regard The thing is like Yeah <laughs> they do They don't like Really look bad on TV but it's because like you can't really see like what's happening you can't see it from, yeah you can't so. see it in detail that's right yeah so it just looks like a black and red uniform which looks totally fine but <laughs> right uh, but when you yeah. see it up close it's like oh god it's like a monet thing you know yeah she's I know I know Jesus but yeah no I, I I love the I love the idea I really do because like I do you are sort of missing just that that little bit of a little bit of flavor when I'm like I was just sort of like scrolling through Gvr some of Gvr art stuff and there's like one of like Sandy Alomar, just sort of the colors are all blue and red and mm-hmm. he's in a baseball uniform, but there's nary and Indians logo or yep. Cleveland or anything else on it.
1: I know. Yeah, I know, man. It's like, and it's, you look at those dudes and like the artist, the, the guy, like the brother who's behind all that stuff, the HSS guy, that's fucking talent out the ass. Mm-hmm. Like you look at, I mean, that is talent. The The mural that he did for the, I promise school is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just—it's like painting the Mona Lisa, and not being able to get the smile right, or something like yeah. that, or not even having the smile, on I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a face with like a fucking white spot where the mouth should be. That's kind of like what—that's what I see. Yeah,
0: you're—you're—you're—you're you're, you're, you're not wrong, man. You were—you're you're just not wrong. It's just when you would you become tar- talking about like the reason, like why, like some of these business requirements are in place for the NFL is to basically tell everyone to fuck off. Like you're not <laughs> right. big enough to work with us. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, what a fucking god complex! The god complex in policy is disgusting.
0: Yeah, Eh, it is what it is. Uh, you know what though? Like, it, I hope. Like, I I do feel like these this thing, like something 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 that somewhere, I guess, the middle ground between my thought and your thought is probably going to happen at some point in time. But I mm-hmm. do kind of like the outlaw nature of some of these shirts that they're not official.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a cool thing with that. I guess it, it all depends on how prominent the non-official image is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. Ah, I, I dig it though. I dig it though. I, I believe you, I'm in favor of this. I would love to. I would love to buy like an, I would love to be able to go over to Dick's and buy like a really fucking rad Ohio State shirt. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I would
1: instead of just saying Ohio State on it. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yep, <laughs> it would be exactly. fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> um, I like it, and I'm, I'm glad that we both had kind of sports on the mind for our big fixes. Um, oh, this is yeah. one that I've been hinting about, about repeatedly over the past like uh, like year and a half or so. But this is my college football restructuring program, and the biggest the big idea behind it is one to keep. It, there's well, there's I guess there's multiple reasons, but the biggest reason is to keep the most competitive teams playing against each other. Um, that, that we, every year you hear more and more complaints from the old school, old school college football heads that like, you know, it doesn't, the, the, the playoffs don't matter. You know, they make the regular season not matter anymore. Well, okay. Well, how about if you're playing really good teams all the time, then mm-hmm. the regular season will matter. Um, because, right. you know, losing to, you, you know, cause you, basically Ohio state and Florida aren't going to be able to like punch down too often. Um, anymore when it comes to when it comes to playing teams i guess Alabama's always punching down because they're so fucking good but like alabama basically is going to be playing alabama ohio state clemson florida those teams they're going to be playing against teams that perennially perennially are winning seven eight nine ten games um mm-hmm. so the regular season becomes important again and it becomes important for all of these levels I, i'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll lay it out in a little bit more detail here, but it's going to be, become very important for all of these teams and all these various levels. Um, the regular season is going to become more important, but also if you're a fan of a team, like I you know, went to Bowling Green, so I'm, I'm a bit of a BG football fan. Um, they are irrelevant right now and they will be irrelevant for a long time. But if we kind of structure it so that they're not like, they're not playing against anyone else besides like their current level of competition, well, then there's like light at the end of the tunnel that BG can beat some of these teams down in the fucking muck with them, if you will. And mm-hmm. there is sort of a reward for being the best, even if you're a bad team, being the best bad team. So right. I, I actually sent you, um, a, like I actually oh. sent you a phone. Oh, I got it. You got it, okay.
1: Oh, I'm opening it up right now. You Perfect. You.
0: I'm going to take college football's 130 Division One teams and we're going to divide them into three tiers. Um, in the first tier i'm calling this mostly i just gave them names so i could keep them separate while i was writing this down but um are going to be three tiers the first tier is going to be the amos stag title league amos stag is uh f- was an old old school football coach back in like the 1890s and the early or the early part of football back when like you couldn't throw the ball forward um and the cool. um the division 3 title is named after him um, okay. so this league is the Stag title league, and there's going to be 50 teams in this league. Uh, that's like your, that's your lowest tier. The next tier is the Eddie Robinson cup conference. Um, there's 40 teams in this, uh, in this particular tier in the second tier, um, Eddie Robinson, uh, I think, I, don't, I think he's dead now. Um, I probably should have checked that before I, I just went ahead and said that, but, um, Eddie Robinson was the head coach of grambling for a long time. Um, for like, I want to say like at least like 35 or 40 years um, and has he's like at the top three and wins um, at any level of college football. Um, and then finally, we're going to have the John Gagliardi Championship Alliance. This is your top tier um, and it will also have 40 teams. John Gagliardi is the all time winningest college football coach um, at uh, mostly coach at St. John's, Minnesota. Um, St. John's is so good that they got kicked out of their conference a couple years ago. Um, they, they literally like in, in, in John Gagliardi's time there, they won something like 25 titles in like 40 years or 50 years. Um, and, and like, I want to say they had like a, recently they had like a four year streak where they didn't lose any games. Um, so like John Gagliardi, the all-time winningest coach at any level of college football. So we're naming that tier after him
1: um is, is that guy is that dude 1a or 2a what, what um division is that oh in it's good
0: i have no fucking clue the the, the league that they're in is like the minnesota inter intercollegiate intercollegiate athletic uh association or something like that or uh, it's oh, okay. it's not it, it might be okay. division three or something but like i don't i'm not entirely sure it's okay, it's gotcha. it's very yeah, small college with- football
1: yeah, it was one of these things. I'm like, how have I? How do I not know about this for some reason? Like, twenty five. I would have thought I would have known about it. But okay, no, sorry about that. Yeah. Go ahead, dude. my bad.
0: Um, <clears throat> originally, I was going to. Originally, I was just going to take winning percentages uh, over the past five years to sort of structure these. But I did find a better system because if if you just take them by winning percentage, you would have had a few really bad mismatches. Um, like, for example, um, in the in the Robinson Cup conference. You have. Let me see if I can find them real quick. You have uh, Western Kentucky, is in the Robinson Cup Conference. But if you went based off of winning percentage, they would actually have to be in the Gagliardi Championship Alliance. So, okay, you would have a team that very recently joined um, Division One would all of a sudden have to begin playing Ohio State, Michigan, um, you know, West Virginia, right. Stanford. Like it's that really doesn't make sense. And then similarly, there'd be some teams like Michigan State and Penn State that would be able to drop back even mm-hmm. farther than they are currently. Of course. So, so uh, during my research for this, I found this. Uh, it's called uh, it's College Football News' five year ranking system. I'm going to pull it up right now, and it's it's not just it's not just about winning percentage. Um, this analysis is based on FBS wins, attendance, quality wins elite wins so like wins over like wins over top 10 teams um and, and championship mm-hmm. level teams bad losses bad wins elite losses conference winning percentage apr which they describe is their academic rating basically their academic power rating and then okay. um how many players got drafted in the nfl so you you get a much significantly clearer picture of like who the great programs are Versus the good programs versus the also Um and I'll, I'll get to I'll get to some of the specific teams here. I highlighted a few of them that just kind of popped out to me. So in each tier, there's four divisions. Um, <clears throat> in In the Stag and the Robinson uh, tiers, those four division champions each go to the college football playoffs for that tier. So if you win, okay. you know, let's just east, west, north, south, you know, whatever you want to call them, doesn't really matter. If you win the East, you're in one of those you're in one of those uh, final four playoff spots. Same with the West. Same with the North. Same with the South. So, like being a division champion actually means something in the lower two divisions. You go right away to their college football playoff. In the Gagliardi, Mm -hmm. the four champions each get an automatic bid to an eight team playoff. So we're gonna we're gonna have two. We're finally gonna expand in in in, uh, what we've always wanted. We're gonna expand to eight teams. Four division champions each get an automatic bid. And then, sort of the same way we have, like the committee. The committee is going to pick the four additional spots. So, you might have gone. You might have been playing for the Western Division championship in the Gagliardi, but maybe you're not considered one of the eight best teams. So, the committee will be able mm-hmm. to pick. You know, then like say bypass. I don't know if it's like Wisconsin, even though they were like the runner up in that division. Maybe Penn State is better that year, but they didn't even play for play for the title, or they lost theirs, whatever. Um, right. So we're still going to have a committee. Uh, the Stag and the Robinson are going to get a week's head start in the season and a two-week head start in the playoffs. So their important games and their playoff games won't interfere with the Gagliardi playoffs. Um, Because if they do, like if we had like a full, it would be kind of great to have like a weekend where there's like, you know, like four games on like every single day. But no one's going to be watching the Stag playoffs. If the big, you know, if the big boys are playing, no one's going to watch them too. So, right. We're going to make sure that these two lower divisions have their own like full playoffs on two consecutive weekends. Okay, Um, and then obviously the gagli already starts after that, so you know the big boys have the spotlight for then two consec then uh, I guess it should be three consecutive weekends um, with a championship game on like that last weekend. Um, Okay, this doesn't preclude them from having bowl games. You can still be in a bowl game. Um, I don't know why this is always like a big why people cry about this like. Well, if we have too many playoff teams, what about the bowl games? So the fuck what? Just name one of the bowl games after one of the goddamn playoff games. Um, yep. And for that matter, now the Beefo Brady Bowl could be the fucking division or the tier three, the Stag Championship game. It could be the fucking Beefo Brady Bowl. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Now that puts some of these lesser bowls into more of a spotlight. Um, yep. And and even then, like if you you know if you're in the the Robinson or the Stag, and you go six and six or seven and six or whatever we can still, you can still play another game. Like no one's preventing you from doing that. The bowls can still exist. It's just that the focus is shifted to other, to the playoffs. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some rules about like divisional play teams from the gagliardi and stag cannot play each other. So Alabama cannot. Alabama can't schedule bowling green. Like that's, it's, it's not allowed. Um, you know, just we don't, we don't, we don't want, we don't want the Gagliardi to have any laughers in their schedule, and there's no reason for the Stag teams to, for some reason, well, for a payday, uh, go try to play uh, LSU or something. Um, mm-hmm. Gagliardi and Robinson, the top two conference, can both schedule two out of tier games, but that's it. Um, we're not gonna, you know, there's there's not gonna be too much out of out of out of league playing either way, and the Stag can only yeah. schedule one out of tier game since there's more teams. Just play teams in your own, you know, play teams in your own division. Um, mm-hmm. Teams from the Robinson Cup Conference cannot schedule two stag opponents. So if you're in a Robinson, if you're in a Robinson, uh, your Robinson team, let's see here real quickly. Um, you're OU, you're Ohio University. You can't play Bowling Green and Oregon State. You can play Bowling yep. Green and Texas A&M. Or, you could, or if you wanted to, for whatever reason, I suppose you could schedule Texas A&M and Mississippi State if you wanted to, but you can't schedule two from the Stag Conference. Um, you, can't, okay. you can't go too easy. All right. <clears throat> Almost done here. Okay. Um, so, like, kind of the, the key proponent, the key um, thing to this is relegation. The top four teams from the Stagg and Robinson will have the option to move up a division and replace the bottom four for the next tier. Now, the top four do have an option of staying in their current tier unless they, you know, for, like, an extra season, unless they want to move, but they can only do it for two consecutive years. So okay. let's say, Chema, that, like, Akron won the won the Stag two years in a row. They then have to go up to the Robinson okay. Division. They don't have a choice. They yeah. have to move up. But the, you win it one year, and they decide to stay back, and they don't win it again. They don't have to do anything. They're... They're still stuck in the stag anyway. They don't have to do anything. Um, Similarly, let's say that um, in one season, uh, you know, the Robinson, you know, the four Robinson teams, none of them want to go up. That means no one from the Gagliardi has to drop down. There's. Okay. It's fine. But if two teams want to go, three teams want to go, the three teams with the worst records from that division above or the tier above have to drop down. Okay. Um, and any new programs that join the FBS are automatically slotted into the stag league. Like you got to start at the bottom. Um, and the only exceptions for relegation would be like if a team is on probation or something and they had a, like you have like a record wiped out essentially, like you didn't Mm -hmm. play any games. There's no way we can, there's no way to say like, uh, well, you know, we saw them play in the field and if they weren't the worst team in the field, then there's no reason to relegate them because of pro because like probation or suspension or something. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's Whew. how this that's how this newly or that's how the new restructuring of college football is gonna work.
1: All right, bro. I am very happy that I got to hear all the details of that and see this wonderful fucking list that you put together and everything. Awesome. I like the the choices, the teams and the selection of the conferences start, you know, like the base and everything I think is a good is a good place to start with your team selection being in the, the conferences and everything like that. I love the idea of moving in and out of the conferences that definitely gives a lot of incentive for other teams to like improve their programs and stuff like that and get better and to maybe want to compete and stuff like that. And it's also good that these conferences are set up. So it's almost like a team can't live in denial, I guess you can't have too big a heads and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause now if um, if you are like, for example, like a team that you know is always a topic of conversation, like a Boise State or maybe now the new Boise State, which is Cincinnati, is like, okay, so yeah, if you guys think that you're able to play with the big boys, go out and win, and then you will be in the, you will get your opportunity and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then if you can win, you will get the recognition, and if you cannot. Then you have just learned your role and you're going to go back and compete in a smaller conference until you are able to get better and stuff like that. I absolutely, that is such a great way to drive competition and everything like that and to really give teams something to aspire for because now they're not, now it's not like, um, and I know that I'm going to try to use this word lightly here, but like the playing field, it's not like it's really leveled. But like now, it is definitely not leveled. Now, like teams are in classifications. There's an order. Mm-hmm. There is a, a road for you to go. And if you are Alabama, like in Nick Saban, you really have a, you really have no place else to go. But if you are OU, if you are O Akron or Akron, you have a place to go. There is a destination. There is a, a, a pathway. I guess yep. like if you now you know where where you need to go and stuff. So I do dig that a whole lot and the idea of these conferences changing and the lower teams and all that stuff that is phenomenal too, because like, you know, there could be an awesome team that's loaded up with juniors and stuff and they do really, really good. And now their seniors had the ability to compete at the highest level and stuff like that. That, that senior team mm-hmm. would have the ability to complete. They think they, they've earned it, you know, which, which is really fucking awesome. The thing with the bowl games, I seriously, like you're putting it into like such simple words that I just don't understand how that hasn't worked its way into people's thought processes yet. You could do whatever the fuck you want with those bowl games and stuff. They could be playoff games, non-playoff games, whatever the hell it is. It's a,
0: it's just basically
1: a label. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's just the, the Rose Bowl is whatever we want it to be. And it, sometimes it's the championship game Some or, you know, yeah. sometimes it's one of the major playoff games. Sometimes it's not like who the fuck cares?
1: Yeah, that is a fucking phenomenal example where, yes, like the the BCS and these games, they rotate themselves out. Why can't the Beef O'Brady, the, the Pac Life Bowl, whatever it is, why can't they do the exact same thing? And then honestly, like if it is rotating, it may encourage businesses to make higher bids, to maybe have more competition within the, you know, like the, the naming rights to the bowls. Or it may even put the option for the Beef O'Brady Bowl to become – something spectacular, like a little bit of a spectacle with its own, like parade of beef and all that other stuff, you know? Exactly. So like, right. (laughs) A beef parade. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Beef parade. (laughs) And like, dude, like the, um, the fact that these, the beef O'Brady bowl and all these other bowls, like they're, they're not relevant now. Like it is just an extra game and it's a trophy. Like there's, it's cool. Like it's awesome. Hey, these guys get to play an extra game and some of these trophies are all right. But in all reality, it's meaningless. By doing it this way, they will have meaning. They automatically have meaning. The, the game has something. There's something that that game is there for and stuff. And with the creation of, so it would be like, okay, so you're looking at like five games in the the stag, it would be, oh my God, you're looking at the create, there's like 30 bowls between the, the, all the games in the three leagues and stuff. It's like 20, between 20 and 30 I, uh, I think bowls there's, or potential bowls. I
0: think there's like 35 or 36 just currently as as they are. And, like, there's plenty... Like, there's no reason that you couldn't fill it up with all these teams. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, like, believe me, like, even if
1: there are six bowls that all of a sudden, like, oh, they don't make the playoffs, you could still have those bowl games. Like, just pick two teams out of whatever conferences, let them play each other and, and have the bowl game. There's nothing stopping people from having these bowl games. Like, that's that was a really good point that you had, uh, that you had made about that and stuff. So like the bowl machine will not stop because you assigned playoffs and stuff like that, you know, and then to go making the bulls worth something, you're talking about making a season mean something to a whole shit ton of colleges here. Yeah. Like, and once again, like, um, you know, if you take a look at the list of 140 teams, one could easily argue that like oh what do we see about 60 of these teams that don't fucking matter whatsoever what the hell they're <laughs> doing right yeah. now and like giving them their own giving them a shot you're giving everybody a shot here because the competition they'll be playing the same level of competition and everything so like a team like um like a whatever like the just pick a let me see one of the stag league so a team like coastal carolina for example in the uh, the uh Stag League, you know, basically every other season leading up until maybe the last one, like last year when they were good in this yeah. COVID season. But every season up into that, the football games are just something people take their parents to when they, when they come for their fall visits and stuff. It's just like excuse for you to get drunk and watch your school play against something. Mm-hmm. Now, they legitimately have a shot to go to a playoff and to win a championship. Win a championship. You know, it's yeah like you know and, and that is the same for all of these schools like even if you take northwestern who is the 40th ranked team and uh, 40th on the list which would easily be where they are i, mean, I believe that ranking to be spot on it's weird that they i, I have was kind a chance.
0: of i highlighted that cuz i was kind of surprised that they were even 40th but I, i'd yeah. expect them a little bit more a little bit lower but nonetheless yeah yeah they're having this weird kind of
1: renaissance and everything going on over there so like i it's not you know they're never going to be like ohio state no. but they could, they could be Wisconsin if they wanted oh, to, sure. you know, or like, if, so like, but now they have a chance. And like with a team like Northwestern and the way that they played against Ohio state in the, um, the big Ted championship last year, who knows if Northwestern maybe goes up against the Clemson and all of a sudden womps on Clemson, they, they, wow. It's like, okay. So now Northwestern is a contender. Northwestern has proved themselves. And I got to tell you with like, with, you know, but basically all of these teams all throughout the country being merged into a, um, into like a a top tier conference, this will give us a really good indication of how like different, you know, like how, how big 10 teams actually match up with Mm -hmm. PAC 12 teams with, um, with West Virginia and stuff like that. You know, I think it's actually a really good way to gauge how good a team is. And it's like, when you watch Ohio state and stuff, it's like, yeah, you know, like Ohio State's supposed to be good, okay? Like, yeah, Ohio State. Like, believe me, like this is probably one of the best teams they've ever had in the history of the school and stuff. But you don't ever really get to. See, I mean, you get to see them blomp on like shitty ass teams and stuff. But like, you know, they maybe have competition three times a year if Penn right. State's good, you know. So like, now when somebody goes on and says this is the best team Ohio State's ever had. Go fucking prove it! You're gonna have you're gonna have exactly. all the ch- the opportunities in the world too. You're gonna play teams from every fucking conference, like all the, the all over the country. You will have that opportunity. There'll, there'll be no more of this, um, you know, like oh god, Ohio State doesn't play anybody, talk and shit. Like ex- they will have ex- a chance exactly. to say that themselves as the best team.
0: There there won't be any more of that talk. Imagine, you know, imagine Ohio State or Oklahoma, and like their worst game that they might schedule is Pitt. Who's like in the last like five years has had a really good program? Like that's the worst mm-hmm. game that you're gonna have in your schedule.
1: Yeah, and that is a, with those kind of developing programs, Pitt might take Ohio State to the yep. house. You know, there's always like some stupid game that the the good teams blow. You know, I mean, it just it, it happens. It doesn't happen every year, but like it happens from time to time. And like Ohio, like a overzealous Ohio State team who's ranked high, all of a sudden going into Pitt, like that's a really good storyline. If Pitt walks away from the victory that gives Pitt something to build on for next year. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, by the way, guys, like, you know, hey, take all you Ohio and PA and Michigan and like, you know, basically like the the football breeding ground of America, aside from Texas, Florida, and California. Hey, by the way, you guys uh you don't like Ohio State, you don't want to play for Michigan? Yeah, I don't blame you, you wanting to play for Harbaugh. Hey, come on down here. We just beat Ohio State last year. Why don't you guys join us, help us build something? Yeah, you're still only a few hours away from home. You can have sex in a dorm at Pit. Like, why the hell not? So it's it gives the opportunity for these programs to like really build something if they're able to, to show off what they can do. And I mean, they do, there are times where, um, you know, you may hear about, uh, the year that, um, Nevada knocked off Oregon, like when Oregon was really fucking badass. this was probably like five, six, seven years ago, something like that. And, um, it may have been the year Mariota was the quarterback. Where mm-hmm. Oregon was disgusting. Oregon was like disgusting that year. And they walk in, um, to Nevada, get beat by, get beat by Nevada. I think at like the last minute, and then, like, Nevada just fizzles away after that. You don't hear about Nevada football anymore. That right there could easily be the crowning achievement of Nevada football other than graduating Colin Kaepernick and stuff. And in this situation, that Nevada victory might lead to other things because it, it does give you something to build off of and something legitimately. It's like, hey, you know, we beat them this year. Come join Nevada. We can beat them a fucking again next year. Like, come here. Play, to, play at our school and stuff. So this is a really good way for – teams to organically build their programs and stuff like that and in in some situations maybe take some people from the big guys because hey like if you're um if you're if you're playing like if you're going to go to ohio state and stuff like you might not play if if ohio state is in the situation where the the best of the best have to be on the field at all time if you're a four-star recruit who's not getting any playing time why not fucking transfer to Pitts, or why not transfer to another team or something like that? Mm-hmm. And that may give these like, you know, these not the upperest of echelons, but like the, the tier that's directly below that might give these players a chance to shine on the field as There's, well.
0: I mean, like, you know, that, that kind of stuff happens anyway. Right. But like, you know, look at, I think Joe Burrow is probably an ex- extreme example, but um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, Joe Burrow wasn't going to, wasn't going to end up playing at Ohio state and you know, LSU took a flyer on him and he turns it to Joe Burrow. But like there's guys that that shed that you know fall off Ohio State all the time and mm-hmm. Alabama and fill in the blank and end up end up all sorts of places. But imagine like your um imagine your um Luke Fickle at Cincinnati and you're like, hey, you don't you know you're not gonna you're probably not gonna play at Ohio State. Why don't you come here because we're gonna be playing for we're gonna be playing for the Robinson Cup Championship all the time. Because we're that yeah, good. Exactly. We're we're that good right. of a team. And eventually, maybe if you're know, maybe if you here for the next couple of years, we win a Robinson championship, and we can go up and fucking take the Gagliardi too.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, and, and by the way, Cincinnati player who's coming to go play for Lufickle now, when we get to the fucking playoffs, you're still going to get your national TV exposure because they're yeah. going to have their free weekend of playoffs and everything. And guess what? You know who might be watching that? NFL scouts. So you don't have to go to Ohio State. You don't have to go to um, – To to the Alabamas and Mm -hmm. Clemsons of the world to be seen, because guess what? During the, you know, with our championship is supposed to be delivering its best and absolute most quality of a product possible, you're going to have a free weekend to do it. You're going to not be up against any of the big boys. You're going to have your moments in the sun. And that is a nice way to get into the NFL too. They're not; it's not going to be reliant on all of a sudden like the um, a, a scout or something stumbling on a report from somebody in Cincinnati. They're going to have the ability to see all of these people, like you know, on television and be like, "Oh, dude, that made, that guy made a killer sack." Oh, you know, maybe this might be somebody we need to put on um, mm-hmm. our list of people to talk to for the draft and stuff. So it's for just sure. it gives everybody more exposure in this equation, which is all, which is fucking awesome that to give people those opportunities, because if it wasn't hard enough to get into the NFL as it is.
0: Wouldn't you and just and the final point on this one um, before before we kind of wrap, start wrap everything up, wouldn't you love to see like, let's say you're, you know, I'll take Ohio State out of the equation out of the equation. Let's just say you and I were big time Georgia fans. And mm-hmm. and you know, and Alabama beat us in the regular season and kept us away from the title game, but the committee said Georgia's clearly the fifth best team in the Gagliardi, and like we get a right. fucking shot at Alabama again? Hell, fucking yeah! Like yeah. you're gonna have that at, at, at every at all these at all these divisions, all these tiers. You you're probably gonna have amongst the better, you know, the top the top echelon of these. Uh, of these divisions of these tiers, you're probably going to have a chance at redemption or revenge. If you're one of the top mm-hmm. programs to, to go ahead and knock someone oh, off that knocked you off. And that's awesome. Oh, I, would that's love, a, I would love to play Michigan twice a year.
1: Yeah. That'd be a great built-in storyline for any, any playoff situation whatsoever, because you're, you're probably guaranteed to have that every single time in the playoffs. It, like, at least, without at least there's
0: going to be, at least I would guarantee you, but the way this is set up, at, especially in the Gagliardi there's going to be at least one game that's sort of like a revenge game. At least one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. And dude, that, that even opens up the opportunity for like the unexpecting team to all of a sudden run the fucking table on people too. You know, who knows? The Northwestern's out of the world could you know by the time they by the time the end of the season rolls around could have a decent enough record to get into the playoffs they play somebody like somebody like Baylor or something like that who is um or like or even like Texas or whatever like somebody like a, a conference that may not match up well with the Big 10 and all of a sudden Northwestern's got a victory in the fucking in the playoffs, playoffs. Yep. It's, it's northwestern winning a college football playoff game and stuff it's it's just like the possibilities here are endless because and, and I'll be realistic about this: is that if Northwestern would even run the table even today, they're still not getting into they're they're not getting into a fourteen playoff. Largely because the the four teams are probably predetermined before anything <laughs> at least ever even started. Are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at least three of them are. But like it's um, it opens up the door for like i know the teams will still be selected by there'll be some committee involvement and stuff and that comes with the territory and there's always going to be controversies about who didn't make it and all the stuff the shit that we saw with texas a&m this year is going to happen every year till the end of goddamn time but i feel that by putting everybody in the same category and some of those arguments may be a little bit easier to pick apart. Yeah. So, like, you know, Texas A&M comes up, like, yeah, you know, we're freaking Texas A&M, and we, we did this, that, and the other. But it's like, yeah, you know, you did it in the other cup. Go out and win the other cup and get in here. You're fucking chest-browning, and the fact you come from the largest state in the Continental 48 doesn't mean anything here, you know? It's like it has to, you actually have to have results to move on and shit.
0: Exactly, exactly. There's, I don't know, there's just, there's just so much. I think there's so much that would benefit um that would benefit college football top to bottom if you kind of if you just separated some of these teams from each other but it's again it's one of those things if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> college football is making so much money hand over fist right. why would they even bother fucking with things it look how long God. it took them to get a fucking playoff i know
1: man like when you think about it it took that long to get a playoff <laughs> And after the first year it was like, wow, why weren't we doing this before? Oh my god, the ratings were through the roof. It's like it's it's just one of those things where it's like the the you know, the writings on the wall. Like how did you not like take so long to come to this whole decision and stuff? I mean
0: so. I mean they've been playing in division three they've been playing for the Stag Bowl since nineteen seventy three. Um so I mean they fixed it for that. I mean it it seems to work. And Division Two, um let me find out real quick. NCAA division two championship i can't find an exact year on that one but like all of the oh that was also held in 1973 so this, they probably i'm i'm gonna go ahead and guess division two and division three separated at some point in time that same year or you know approximately the same time yeah um i gotcha so like th- that's 40 years basically oh almost 50 years excuse me they've had a playoff why can't the why can't the top teams do it the top tier teams do it
1: yeah, it's like it just maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we don't want to do that. We're Division One. We don't want to be around all Division Two methodology and thought processes and stuff. And most likely, those schools are the smarter schools. So I guarantee you, they're thinking about this stuff and doing it the right way.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The NFL's had playoffs forever. Like it's, it's nothing new. But apparently, there it, it took them until two thousand fifteen. I mean, I guess if you want to call the BCS a playoff, it's still a fucking poll ranking. But. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it took until 2015 to actually make a playoff and surprise the, the, according to everyone, the worst team, uh, with their, with their third string quarterback won it easily. So, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Which is kind of, which is the point of it.
0: But anyway, um, anyway, I don't have any, I don't have anything else as far as like the, as far as the actual topics go here, but I do have uh, just a, a couple of questions here as we wrap up for you. Um, so which of your own do you think is the most likely to happen?
1: It's the streaming one. We're going that yeah. way eventually. We're gonna see that like you said, five to ten years. That is as guaranteed as death and taxes.
0: Yeah, I, I'm gonna go ahead and um and agree with you on yours as well. Um that, that the streaming one is like if if not before if not before the uh the next uh TV deal is up, certainly after that that'll be negotiated to the next one. Like guarantee it. Definitely. Oh yeah. Um which of yours do you think is least likely?
1: OK, like, well, this, the BBS thing can't happen. So yeah, I right. take, I, I, yeah the the licensing thing, it, that's not going to happen, dude. And even like I'm going to tell you, even if it even if it did, I just have a feeling that some business right away is going to like there's going to be a lot of people that follow the rules and do everything the right way. But there's going to be one company that prints the new Schittsburg Squealer T-shirt mm-hmm. and just fucks it up for everybody. So it's like even if they were about to get to that point let's just say for example that a meeting is being held tomorrow to decide this whole thing like even as somebody is getting ready to sign a piece of paper giving it the go-ahead somebody's going to raise a hand and say like do we really want to deal with like somebody pissing on an officially licensed nfl logo and it's just going to go to hell so it's it's something that they as much power as i gave the nfl um, and number one, it, it's as we've established, it's not really worth their time. But as much power as we've given them, somebody's going to fuck it up like right away, and it's just going to all going to go to hell. So I mean, it's there are a multitude of reasons that that's not going to happen, aside from what we talked about, and that would be the only additional reason that I could think of is just somebody's going to ruin it for everybody else.
0: Yeah, you're probably right with that, and I, and I agree too that that's that like the sports licensing thing. It's it's just like when you're dealing with like a megalith, like the NFL. It's mm-hmm. they're not going to be moved unless it's like, Hey, by the way, this will make you $500 billion. Then they're like, right. Well, we'll think about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll think about
1: $500 billion, um,
0: you know? <laughs> they, I mean, they print so much money and you're right. Like I think actually it's probably another, that's actually probably another reason why they know that there would be some rogue t-shirt shop in, in somewhere in, uh, in Columbus that would begin, that would begin like with the fuck Michigan shirts. Um, you know, or like Ann Arbor's a whore shirts, you know. If right. it, not, I'm not saying not the NFL, but like uh, NCAA. Take your take, take your pick of the big, um, you know, the big uh, monolithic money making sports machines, um, that are of course nonprofits. By the way, we should always point that Very out. Very um, true. But um, yeah, like I think you're right. Someone would just fucking ruin it for everybody else. That like that's hundred percent going to happen.
1: Yeah, you can't leave it into people. People like. If there's other people involved and they're not constantly being monitored, somebody is going to take advantage of that. It's yeah. just it's just the, the nature of the beast.
0: Absolutely. Um, how about uh, how about of mine, which you think is the most likely? OK,
1: so out of yours, the one that is the most likely to happen. OK, Wow. I got to tell you, the college football thing. I think will restruct, be restructured before we, we do a
0: parliamentary government. <laughs> right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can go ahead and tell you right now. My least likely is the parliamentary system because okay, it's again just a sort of like well, it's not totally broken. So why would we why would we want to change?
1: Um, right, right. Even
0: though it's totally broken. <laughs> so so I would think that. Um,
1: Okay, if I'm giving what is the most guaranteed to actually happen, it's the Star Wars TV prequels. Like that, in time, in time, they're going to revamp the entire fucking thing. Like you're going to see a remake of the New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So. This is the one thing that is is guaranteed to happen. It's just a matter of time, but I do believe that it will be in our lifetimes. Like we will see this on screen at some point in time in our lives.
0: Yeah, that's. I, I really think that that's it's inevitable, and it's gonna be. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's it's gonna be someone, some arrogant director who thinks they know how to do everything, and I I hope right, or you know, director, writer, creator, whatever that knows how to do everything. That's like, of course, I could do Star Wars better. Um, yeah. And at least in the case of the prequels, you probably could. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you probably could. So, yeah, and I, and I think you're right. I, not only in our lifetimes, I think, you know, when we think about like, the next 20 years, when we're like going to be in our 50s, that'll be around the 40th anniversary of those.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, dude. Like, this might even be sooner than we think. And with, uh, okay, so 20, 30 years from now, people who were alive in the seventies would, they would be older, much older. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you think about it, that, that is approaching like ripe reboot time, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, it's weird. Like, I hate to say this, but like Disney could start laying the foundation for an overall star Wars reboot, like, like, they could start laying the foundation for this in the next like five years. I know Diego Luna is supposed to get his own show that um, it's like a spinoff of Rogue One and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're going back that early or maybe even earlier with some of the, um, you know, some of this like old Republic kind of movies and stuff like that, that's been thrown around like some of these ideas, you could really like, I mean, you, who knows um movie number one like the number one of the new star wars trilogy could be the next movie that we start and then by the time we get to movie 15 or 16 that's when they start to get into the whole like you know uh, a new hope all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff almost like building like an mcu from scratch
0: yeah no absolutely yeah that's actually a really good way to put it um anything else um before we uh, before we wrap up here Uh, other than I had a great time fixing
1: some of this stuff. It was really good to vent some of my frustrations about some of these things that have been bothering me uh, in sports and entertainment and all that lately. And uh, yeah, dude, this is, this was a really good, like, kind of like fun, just a nice way of um, having an episode, getting to vent out about some stuff and be creative all at the same time.
0: Was there, Oh, I got a, I got a one for you. Was there anything that you sort of left on the table because you couldn't quite conceptualize it?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, I was throwing it out throw throw for to, me.
0: Dude.
1: Okay. So, like, the I was getting ready to do this big, like, how am I going to, like, basically save the film industry in California and, like, leaving, <laughs> uh, like, going other states and stuff like that. And um, it just became too much of a thing, dude. Like, it was one of these deals where, like, I started with the actual like how this gets done in terms of like permits and everything Mm -hmm. and then i was like okay so you know i can just make some adjustments to the permits and you know kind of form a system from there and then things just took off like it, it just became so big i mean we're talking like it it eventually became down to like when I was thinking about this and stuff. And like, I I was like, okay, so basically the big fix here is gas has to be cheaper. Like that's what it all ended up coming (laughs) down down to be when it was all said and done. And, um, as, as big as it was as much time as in theory and kind of writing it out, it just, in the end, it just, I don't know, man, it, it just came down to a couple of like really, small layers, small yet big fundamental kind of fixes that almost fall into the same territory with like what we were talking about with like ending the war on drugs and stuff like yeah it's a little bit over my pay grade and like when i was rehearsing this in my mind or like you know kind of going over it in my mind before you before what would have been the episode today i'm just like getting into this and it's like Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of information that's cool that I like maybe found out about and stuff when it comes to production costs. But I wanted to do something that was a little bit more other than like, hey, we just have to cut costs because it's all reality. That is the that is the one sentence read between the lines kind of sentence behind everything right. I could possibly have said. So right. it's like, okay, the permits just make them cheaper. Okay. So all the sets and all the stuff and make all this, yep. You know, just make it cheaper. Yep. Yeah. So I, and I wanted something that had a little bit more of, um, of a range as far as like potential solutions, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I gotcha. And, and, you know what? Good news for you and the state of California. Texas and Georgia seem to not want the liberal Hollywood film industry uh, in their states. So, oh, I know <laughs> they're making it a Believe lot me. easier on you. You Don't have to do anything. They're just like, you know what? We're going to be real racist. So, uh, so Hollywood's like, yeah, yeah we're going to bail.
1: Oh yeah, we'll see. Like, I hate to say that, but like, if that's the stance they're going to fucking take. Like, oh uh, I, it, it might work some, it might work. I know that there are certain directors wanting to boycott productions in Georgia and stuff. And, um, if the answer to, like, realistically what happens is you're letting Hollywood into your state. It's basically like, it's the, um, it's the political equivalent of giving everybody free college where it's just like, Oh my God, all these liberal arty types are coming mm-hmm. into town. And, yeah like when those people set up shop and then also when those people set up successful like businesses and stuff that you want to give them tax breaks to uh yeah i'd be a little bit afraid that your um, your state might start to wake up a little bit with all this like outside influence and um like if they're if that's the stance that they're gonna take where it's like it might actually work to drive a little bit of uh a little bit of the Hollywood influence out of there and stuff. And it's just like, you know, where is it going to go from there? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I could just imagine all these Republicans right now, like, all right, guys, you're not giving any more tax breaks to anybody. And believe it, and if I'm not mistaken, like, I think Ohio, like, Ohio raised their um, tax incentive for film, like early on when it, when it first kind of caught on, like back in like 2012, 11, like 10, like in that time period mm-hmm. when it first, like, Hey, now we're, we're doing this. And then, like, ever since that they've upped the tax break, it went from, like, $10 million to 40 or 40 to 80 or something. And um, ever since that happened, I haven't been seeing too many uh, headlines about, like, you know, hey, we're, we're all of a sudden giving more production companies money to come to Ohio and film stuff. Right. So. The,
0: the only the only people coming to Ohio to film are the Russo brothers. And it's because yeah, they, they right. live here. So <laughs> that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, like, and I hate to say this for, like, Ohio's sake, but, like, you know, if, um, if you're trying, if this is something that the state is serious about, you're going to have to rely more than just, you know, people leaving hometown connection and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like it's at some point in time, you're going to have to offer what Georgia has, which is like, Hey, you guys want to build studios here. All right. We're going to clear out, like, we're going to clear out a bunch of stuff. Like some of these abandoned buildings, maybe we'll let you, uh, you know, take over them or whatever. And, um, like, I just, there's so many other new developments and new things happening in Northeast Ohio. It's kind of like this film movement has been, it's almost like it's just very localized. And it's like, you have the Cleveland film festival and like the occasional production that rolls in town, but you're just not hearing about massive scale productions. Like the way you're used to, I remember that first year it was like captain America's in town. And then this is here. The Avengers are here. It was like all this stuff. And it's like, okay. So the last couple of years, Matthew McConaughey shot white boy, Rick there it's awesome all right, <laughs> right. oh the, ch- ch- the the cherry movie came cherry out. yeah so yeah it's it's one of these things where like some of these republican controlled states might be kind of getting kind of wising up to a little bit as to how you know what some of these film industries might mean to republican power in office and georgia is a big example of uh, you know losing a fucking you you lost it in the presidential election you lost both senate seats all in like two months of each other and stuff like i don't see them eager to have hollywood back in town anytime soon
0: but i mean could you imagine it's not gonna matter it's not gonna matter in the next coming years because they're basically almost done there could you imagine if the walking dead left production in in uh, georgia (laughs) let's say like season six the below oh, that would, be, would, the that, blow that would make, it, make take for, for uh, Atlanta and, you know, the North Georgia area.
1: It would be fucking devastating. Like it, that would like that show could, have that show and Tyler Perry easily built like the Georgia film thing as we know it today and stuff like that. There would be the wind would have gotten knocked out of that movement so fast. If they've closed up shop early, it's not, even, it's not even funny, yeah. dude. It's, it's, it's not even funny.
0: Um, here's one that I didn't go through with cuz I couldn't I couldn't get past like a, just a couple of things and it was how we how we choose nicknames especially for athletes because I hate <laughs> I hate most nicknames and I really hate when like, like 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 let's say when someone like um let's just say like the Indians had someone named like um Jake Martinez and mm-hmm. they would just be like hey what's up J Matt like yep. you just took, or J Mart so you just took Jay from Jake and Mart from Martinez. That's fucking stupid. Um, you you need to earn a nickname, like, and it has to be something that like makes sense for something you do, something that like you're known for, a quirk or whatever. Like, um, like we had um, when we had Tyler Naquin, his nickname was Billy, short for mm-hmm. hillbilly, because he's yeah he's a hillbilly from from Texas, from like North Texas. Makes sense. Right. Like it's it's about his character, it's about the way he behaves. He's a hillbilly. Makes perfect right. fucking sense. Um there was but like if we just called him like T Nake, I would be like supremely disappointed <clears throat> in like that level of like thinking of someone's nickname. And like I I hate that. I hate that and I'm like, you can't think of anything besides like shortening like two names or like um or, like, you know, calling someone, like, Mad Dog because they're crazy. Like, yeah, okay, like, at least you're, like, going, like, one extra step. But, like, there's got to be something else. Like, there yeah. has to be something else that you can base a nickname off of. Um, but, like, I couldn't really conceptualize it beyond that. Other than, like, it would have just been me going, you know what I hate? And that would have basically would've Right. Been like, yeah, no, I totally got you.
1: I understand what you're saying about number one, that it being a topic of conversation. Like, yeah, you just kind of end up being like, man, like this nickname sucks and I fucking hate this. And and I also agree with you is how the way they choose some of these nicknames. it, it Dude, it's awful. Like I, I follow a couple of like uh, Dodgers and Indians fan Instagram pages mm. and stuff. And so like yeah, a couple times, like, you know, a month, these it's like kind of like, hey, let's have some fun with names and all this stuff. And it's like let's give all the Dodgers nicknames and like or the here's the batting order with all their nicknames and it's just all like corny as shit stuff. It's like so like let me guess you looked at Justin Turner and you're like Big Red. There we go. That's awesome. That's a fucking right nickname right there. We're, we're gonna go with that. It's classic. It's just it seems like they're either. Like, um, it's like they're either trying too hard or not trying hard enough. And somewhere it's like, I can't figure out what they're trying to do there.
0: Yeah. It's, I I, I mean, I I just wish they could come about more organically. Um, like one of my, one of my favorites is very organic, but also it became, it it became like very like problematic. And it was, um, Mm -hmm. Joaquim Soria, who was a closer for a long time. I want to say for mostly for like. Was it Kansas City back in the day? But I mean, he pitched for a long time. Pitched for like 14, 15 seasons. as a closer. He was pretty good. But uh, he's from Mexico, and he was the executioner. And oh. it was like a beautiful little nickname. Like, you know, it, not, mm-hmm. like, it, it got the point across. He was Mexican, and yeah. he was he was the executioner. He came out in the ninth inning. That was it. And then, like, his nickname came along at the same time that, like, there were, like, the cartel wars were picking up in, like, the early 2010s. And there were, okay. like, dead Mexican people and dead cartel members everywhere in Mexico. So it was kind right. of like, maybe he said, he's like, maybe I shouldn't take this nickname because it's, like, my people are literally be, being executed on those sides of roads. Um, right. So not something I want to be associated with. But, like, still, nonetheless, like, I, I like the effort in it. And, like, currently, just, like, just thinking about baseball, like, I've mentioned it before, like, one of my favorite nicknames right now is uh, Ramon Laureano, Laser Ramon. Um, you mm-hmm. get you get the wrestling, you know, the Razor Ramon kind of wrestling illusion, and it also makes sense because the guy's got a fucking laser of an arm. So you have Laser Ramon. Right. It makes perfect sense, and it's 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 well thought out. It's nice and simple and straightforward, but it's not like I don't even know what you how you would shorten Ramon Lariano, but like it's not like a stupid name shortened thing, or like we don't like call him we don't call him Big Dog or something. Like we thought of something for him.
1: Right, right. It's like. It's one of those things that is so simple, gets the point across, but however, it's not something that like you could do with everybody. It's 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 something that like is um, it's so great for one specific person that that same formula cannot be applied to everybody right. else.
0: Right. Exactly. It, it's it's again, this is you're seeing you're seeing why I couldn't like conceptualize this into a whole thing because it just sort of like right. it stall it it just stalls out. But. You know, I, I, I guess it's one of those things. You know, you have a good nickname when you know, like yeah, the, you know, you call you call Wayne Gretzky the great one. What a fucking fan! It's simple, it's straightforward, but it like you know what that nickname means. You you know, you know what? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another like all time sort of nickname. You know what the logo means in reference to Jerry West? He's literally the mm-hmm. logo for the NBA. It's fantastic. That's right. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, you're hitting that right on the head. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else. Cheba. you want to lead us out of here, man? I will
1: do that, bro. Definitely. So everybody out there, thank you very much for tuning into this uh, installment of the Occasionalist Podcast. It is Adam Chemielewski with the one and only Matthew Pagel wishing you guys the best and we will see you next time. Thank you.